No Simple Road is stoked to have Sunset Lake CBD back with us as our sponsor. Sunset Lake is the real deal. If you've looked around trying to find CBD and it just didn't do what it was supposed to do, this is the place you need to go. They've got every kind of product you can imagine, including CBD tinctures with sleep gummies that are great for getting to bed, CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews that can help bring you a little bit of calm in a stressful day. They've got salve. They've got smokable hemp flower that's great for folks like me that don't want to get stoned and paranoid, but want to have the benefits of cannabis. Well, now you got it. And they even carry CBD products for your pets, man. I'm saying this is Darwin approved stuff. Go over to sunsetlakecbd.com and check out the full range of what they have. This is Vermont grown right to your door and they're giving you 20% off. So put in the promo code NSR20 when you're checking out. You're going to get 20% off your whole order. And I know you're going to love it. They even have subscription options open for you. So you don't forget to get your medicine. Go check out Sunset Lake CBD, everybody. This episode of No Simple Road is brought to you by our friends over at Fire on the Mountain. Yeah, I said it. Fire, Fire on, the, on mountain. the Mountain. If you are in the Portland area or the Denver area, guess what? You're stoked. Three locations here in Portland to serve you. One on Burnside, one on Interstate. Where's the other one? Help me out. Uh, uh, uh. The Fremont. Thank you. The Fremont location. Jeez, oh, thanks, Apple. And then two in Denver, one in Highlands area and one in the Wash Park area. These are the most delicious chicken wings, fries, Ooh. onion rings, and accoutrements and accessories you ever done put in your mouth hole. And if you want something other than wind, they have constantly rotating specials. You got to check out each of the locations because yeah, they, really they have special stuff. sauces. They Some of them have burgers. The one up here in Fremont has pizzas and stuff. Yo, I man, mean, let me break this down. The Fremont location this month has fried mozzarella sticks, hand-breaded and fried to golden perfection served with a side of house marinara. Burnside mm. location, check this out. Fried Romanesco and garlic clove. On a drizzle of buffalo hot sauce with blue cheese dressing. Whoa. Quarter pound smash burger. Apricot horseradish sauce. Habarti cheese, red onion, lettuce, tomato, and garlic mayo served with fries. And then the best dessert you ever had in your life. It ever, I promise. Those apple rings. Fried apple rings in a sweet batter and tossed with cinnamon sugar. Served with a side of caramel sauce. And then at the interstate location, they have Zatar seasoned chicken skewers on a bed of mixed greens. Drizzled with a spicy tamarind sauce. If your mouth like isn't what? watering right now, what is wrong with you? Especially if you're high. I mean, just think about how delicious. Well, you don't have to be high to enjoy good food. No, that's true. And then to even up at one, they have Fire on the Mountain Brewing. They make their own beers as well. So you got to check that out. Definitely got to check it out. And they have swag. They've got dope new hoodies out that say Peace and Grease on the back. Yeah. And you know what? If you are not in Denver or the Portland area, you're still stoked. You can go to their website. You can order their sauces right to your door. Make some chicken wings at home. Listen to No Simple Road and pretend you're at Fire on the Mountain. You'll have the whole experience right from your house. See, we're helping you out. So go check out Fire on the Mountain, everybody, because they're the most amazing food you have ever tasted. Our friends at Shop Tour Bus have done something really special. Like what? They have turned buying a t-shirt, a hoodie, a sticker, something like a piece of swag that you would get on lot into a whole experience. They've turned it into something intentional and beautiful and fun. How would they do that? So what they do when you order from them, if you get a t-shirt or a sticker or a hat or a hoodie, 
It comes in an all-over printed box with one of their designs on the box. And then inside the box is obviously what you ordered, but also in there is all kinds of extras. And the beauty of it is that some of you folks that are ordering your stuff are going to get an actual, like, real traded Grateful Dead bootleg in your Aww, order. Oh, that's fun. Isn't that cool? Like a cassette? Yeah, like, like a cassette. From back in the day. A real one. What? Yeah, people donate them to them. So if a little you, piece of history. Yeah, if yeah. you have a tape collection that's just collecting dust out there, you can donate it to Shop Tour Bus and you will get a ton of swag in return. Go check out all the amazing designs they have. These are Grateful Dead songs told in the form of little picture grams. And you know what? The holidays are right around the corner and they're hooking the No Simple Road family up with free shipping. Free shipping. When you put in the promo code No, no Simple, Simple Road, Road, all one word. All one word. When you're checking out, they're going to give you free shipping. So go to shoptourbus.com online or at shoptourbus on Instagram and get yourself a little piece of magical intention sent right to your door. Hey everyone, Chris Pandolfi from the infamous String Dusters here to let you know that my podcast Inside the Musician's Brain is back on the airwaves for season four, which means it's time once again to get deep with influential musicians from all across the musical landscape to really understand and translate the lessons of success, failure, inspiration, and hard work that are behind the music and the artists that we love. My guests this season include Rachel Price from Lake Street Dives, Sam Bush, Chris Wood, Chris Funk from The Decemberists, Lindsay Liu, MC Taylor from His Golden Messenger, and more. Check us out, and thanks for listening. We're so excited to tell you a bit about today's sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They are a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Music Masters Collective events give you the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Otil Burbridge, Steve Earle, Richard Thompson, former members of the band, the Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glassby, the Fab Foe, and Sean Colvin, and so many more. At an event like the Milk Carton Kids Sad Song Summer Camp happening this July, you can expect immersive classes, evenings of entertainment, excellent food, and a space for a lucky group of folks to learn, co-write, workshop, and perform with like-minded peers, all with the guidance of Kenneth Pattengale, Joey Ryan, and some of their favorite songwriters. This all-inclusive week in the Catskill Mountains of upstate New York is guaranteed to be magical. Scholarships are available, and spots are extremely limited, so visit www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple to learn more. That's www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple. Check it out. Life shit. Hey now. <laughs> We're laughing. No simple road family. What's happening? We're back. It's Aaron. 
And Mel. And Apple. On a fresh Monday morning. Welcome to your week. And Darwin. Darwin just looked over like, you guys forget me sometimes. We are your weekend refresher and your weekend week boost. Yeah. You know, Monday mornings. I I love Monday mornings. I know very few people. I was going to say not. (laughs) I was not going to say nobody. Very few people that I know really enjoy Monday mornings. And you know what? If. No Simple Road can be here to be a little uplifting moment for your Monday. Yeah. A little something for you to look forward to. You know, why not? Why not? We're here for we're here for you. And we're here for that. Yeah. So so we were just talking about off air. We were um taking five and having a smoke break outside. And we were talking about how hard it is as a grown up uh, adult to date. What in, would you say the, that age range is? To, what what's a grown up? Well, I, okay, over eighteen is a grown up, but I'm saying like as an older adult, like over forty. Okay, yeah, or over thirty five, even. It's difficult, man. It's you know. Well, there's lots of reasons. It's hard. People that I know that are single that are around our age group have a very difficult time. Um finding a partner i mean apple yeah. can attest to this oh yeah part of getting older too is the more the older you get the more set in your ways you get you're not as malleable and changeable and willing to do that and then also like the older you get uh i mean in my experience the older you get there's options but a lot of times those options come with you know like kids other kids you know kids from the other person and exes and things like that i had like several times it's like oh that's something you find out it's like oh yeah my old man's in prison you know (laughs) and he gets out in like six years or so you know there's just a lot of things that can come into play and it it gets real life shit yeah we're talking about and like me i'm 53 (laughs) and been single for a while and it it, it, I don't know. It's it's hard to it 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 becomes easier being single. Really? And, yeah. Okay. And it's like thinking of all the stuff that goes into a relationship, especially you know, like you two are lucky. You found each other. You've been together twenty five years. It's hard to think about getting in. Like I'm fifty three of getting into a long term relationship. It, it becomes harder to Daunting, imagine yeah. as you get older. Wow, I never even considered that. Yeah, yeah, and and the more that you're by yourself, the more you become at one with yourself and kind of like get into like a happy place. And then somebody else comes in, and usually when you're getting older too, you're pickier, more set in your ways on both sides. Yeah. And you expect a person to change, and it's harder to change as you get older. Well, you're, you have. <laughs> and, to, and to put up with drama you have a very particular set of skills no you have a (laughs) you have a very unique situation in that you are a single guy right yeah and one of the things that single people that i know that are older like us um deal with is is being alone and being lonely right that's like the the number one thing and you're lucky in that you don't have to live alone. Yeah. You come home to somebody every night, even well, if, he, you know, we're he, not cuddling you in bed or any shit he, like that. But like, we're here when you get home at night 
yeah, which is nice and comforting. But even when I lived by myself in Vegas, I've, I've, I've been all, very fortunate to always have a large group of friends. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've true. never and a family that I'm very close with. So like the loneliness thing has not really been a problem with me. And plus, I, I do alone pretty well. I don't know if that's the Gemini in me or anything, but like people say jokingly, sometimes like, I'm my own best company. Sometimes I love my conversations with myself. I've it's true, dude. I used to think you were bullshitting <laughs> when you were talking about talking to yourself. And I've like gotten up and you didn't know I was around and uh-huh. I've heard you like, full on talking to yourself. <laughs> And you're blushing right now. A little and bit. he gets these those, these certain eyebrows that he'll like talk to about. Yeah. Like he'll talk I, to himself. I have with. heard you in the kitchen in the morning, full on conversating with yourself, getting ready for work. It's one of the fucking funniest things. And I'm like, wow, far out. Man. Supposedly I've done it since I was a kid too. my mom. <laughs> Supposedly. Say, yeah. Well, like, you know, you know, everybody you, has, you, know you do yeah, it. Like everybody you has a, doing I, it without I never knowing. Had, I never had imaginary friends. I talked to myself. And I would do different voices and do different oh, stuff too. Oh, like, but dope. it wasn't an imaginary friend. It was me, yeah, like duality, like talking to. And when we always joke around here, like there's, there's the very, there's me, there's Apple, Apple and there's Jimmy, and there's Mike. like Jimmy Mike. That's like the kid that never grew up and gets bratty and shitty. And I have arguments with him sometimes, it's, literally. I, so whose but voice it helps do you talk make? It out to me, it, it's almost like. Like kind of a thing like like meditation or therapy or something like arguing with yourself when you have a duality going on, you can solve a lot of things. And work I agree things with out. that because wow, I definitely have used those me- methods. Really? Yeah, maybe not making different voices, but definitely um, arguing the, the the sides of stuff, and you know, like if I'm like being hard on myself and like you're fucking being lazy and they're like, that's bullshit. You know that you're not fucking lazy. You're just upset that you didn't do this one thing. And then like, yeah, but you didn't do this one thing. And then that last thing last week, that's fucking pounding up. I'm like, fucking stop doing that because like it's a whole thing. Vocalizing it makes it more powerful too. Oh yeah. easier to deal with. If you're thinking it in your head, it's not. It weighs you down, but no, like even it may like, for me, if I don't say it out loud, sometimes I'll keep, it'll keep running through my head. And so I need to like, let it escape my mo- my, my mouth. Like it has to come out so I can like stop thinking it. I, I love this conversation. Yeah. One of the, like the what? same thing as like, how, guys, like, like, the, like the mantra, like repeating stuff. It helps to do that too with stuff. Like I've been doing that lately. That's what's helped me calm down a lot more with what's been going on with my work like a lot of changes and things like that i do it in my car sometimes it's like nope this is not mine i don't own this stress this is oh, somebody else's yeah, stress got it but speaking it out loud just thinking it in your head doesn't do the same thing as, as speaking it no and like sometimes you'll catch me like you know, like answering a question or like saying the end of a sentence you talk to yourself all the time and i love it mel's great company because i've heard i've heard her many times doing it too like i'm like working shit out like i get thoughts stuck in my head kind of like it stays in a groove and i keep thinking about it and keep thinking about it and sometimes these thoughts are really great because i'm like trying to figure something out but sometimes these thoughts are like about something stupid i said and i regret it and i get stuck like keep thinking about it keep thinking about it keep thinking about it keep thinking about it really yeah 
And so I'll like in my head, like work it out with myself. And that's, I'll be like, well, you shouldn't have said anything then. And then you'll be like, what did you just say? And <laughs> yeah. And I'm well, like, okay, wait, we're, we're like in our room. It's nine o'clock at night. We're getting ready for bed. It's quiet. And you're standing at the closet with your back to me. And you're like, you shouldn't have said that. <laughs> what? What shouldn't I have said? I'm not talking to you. What, what the fuck? No, <laughs> what? Okay. Because that's like, me and Mel have talked about this over the past because she does the same thing as me too. We're both like like mumble rappers. Yeah. Like kind yes. of, she does the same thing as me. You guys always made you guys made fun of me and stuff, but then I noticed Mel did it and we addressed that too. Like a lot of times like you guys you're like, I didn't even hear what you said. And it's like I I was saying it out loud for my benefit, yes, not for yours. Exactly. Not necessarily not talking to you, but I was saying it for my yeah, benefit. Like, I, I'm not and trying I trail to off. You. Yeah, and I trail off and it's like Oh, the damn thing was fun for And that can be confusing to it yeah. is. I'm gonna just tell the room with right you. now. It is infinitely <laughs> the look he's giving me and Mel both. So like, this is okay. fascinating to me. Just I'm gonna step outside the conversation the three of us are having. This is fucking fascinating it to was, me. It, it, anyway, a, now I'm gonna jump back in. It's fucking confusing. Yeah, I, to I be with people, people work that, all the time that by like talking to myself, you don't know when they're actually communicating with you. That's uh, come on, no, like when I'm communicating with you, you know it. No, uh, most of the time, that's what I'm saying. There's a 25 percent chance <laughs> yeah. that I could be or could not be talking to you. Chance of mumbling, yeah, and just like, working things out. Yeah, it. You, when I'm in that groove way of thinking that I was talking about earlier, that's the way that I spill it out. Like, then don't do that again to yourself. What? Okay. Like, well, I don't know. Yeah. The, I got to ask Mel a question because I don't know about this. I don't know if we were touched. I did. Do you do it in public and at work too? Yeah, I do it at work. For okay, sure. I do it at work, and it confuses people at work. I think I think I'm I've got it con- in under control. I've got it under control at work, but say like. You know, work is just, you know, you know, if I'm like in a groove of putting something on the shelf or doing something monotonous or whatever, it's the perfect time to talk to myself because it's like, okay, turn that a little bit to the left. Okay. Scoot that over. Okay. You want that perfect there. Okay. Good. Like it's, yeah. I was doing that at work today and <laughs> one of the bartenders thought I was upset with him, which I wasn't. I was, I was like, no, I'm not upset with you guys. You just don't do things the way I do. I was organizing a case cause things were all messed yeah. up. It's you, like you soup see it cans in the, in the kit. <laughs> Everything needs to be facing where you can see it. And that's my thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and well, I was over there mumbling, like doing it. I'm like, God damn pre-rolls. Fuck, you can't even see yeah, the so name. It looks on like that. you're bitching. And he had walked by and I didn't know. And he was listening and stuff. And then later he's like, I'm, I'm sorry. My case, you know, like looked messy or something. I was like, Oh, I, I wasn't getting on you. You do a really good job. When customers come in, you turn them and you show them. But, I was like, that's me just working things out. And he just kind of laughed and looked at me funny. And kinda, I was like, I'm not mad at all. I, I just mm-hmm. do things a certain way. Okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I got I got called out at work today, too, for resting dick face. So <laughs> we were in a oh meeting God. and Kevin, my boss, was like talking about something. We're, we're like all on Teams, Microsoft Teams. And so we're all in like the, you know, the Brady Bunch squares. And uh, he he finished what he was talking. He's like, Aaron, you look pensive. What's going on? 
And we had just said yesterday, we had just talked in the meeting about like how um, when people did, don't know me, they think that I'm mean. Yeah. Yeah. And then when they get to know me, they're like, oh, the guy's a teddy bear. <laughs> and so he's like, Aaron, you, you're looking pensive. Why are you upset? And I was like, dude, we just had this conversation yesterday. I'm just listening. I, I have resting dick face. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's just my look. So wait, hold on. Let me. So you're back to working in the office. Oh, don't even get me going, dude. But you're still doing meetings over Zoom when everybody's there? Okay, Apple. Here's the thing. I work for corporate America. Yeah. <clears throat> Nothing that we do makes sense. Okay, but that, that's the thing. It. Like Everybody is there physically in the building, no. but you're still... No. Oh, no. okay. No, wait. Wait for it. They told us that we needed to go back into the working in the office because we're, and I'm air quoting, better together. Okay. Okay. I, I work on a team of nine people. Out of those nine people, three of us are in the office that we work in. We're still doing the meet. The other members of the team are in different offices. Oh, okay. So we still are doing meetings on teams the way that we did. Okay. Before. It makes zero sense yeah but and thank you maybe, for not clarifying that may, maybe that's why i have resting <laughs> dick face but um, i think i would have resting dick face I, too. oh yeah i think yeah. that maybe the reason the reason i said that is because I, I think that your outer monologue that you're allowing out is why i have that look on my face mm, yeah because i'm not uh, letting it come out oh it's just okay it's circling in my head i'm in there like these stupid well see <laughs> if if i did that the way that it manifests for me is i grind my teeth and i tense up my like i literally like you know when you shiver when you're cold yeah i do that when i'm tense i like physically physically seize. when like, you're holding it in yeah, when you're letting it, it build up and tighten it up in. and it's fucking awful to do that yeah. that's how people get hernias or heart attacks or blood fucking clots or strokes because you're holding shit in or or like tumors and stuff like that because you're like compressing emotional or mental angst and it's literally physically like compressing like a trash compactor in certain areas and like my fucking jaw. I remember going to the doctor and they're fucking like, yeah, you had that, yeah. you had that bit you had to put in your yeah, mouth all this shit. So like if I do that, if I don't let things out, I pop. It's uh, not a do good. You, do well, you, those things being, being compressed and they got to find somewhere to rest. Like my problem was, and you Mel helped me with that is, well, a lot of us, it, comes to rest in my shoulders and my neck and it gets so tense and it's like it's like a rock yeah and i haven't had that in quite a while now because i i think for a while i can't remember when but i started not doing that i became i think so kind of self-conscious about talking out loud especially out of the house and stuff mm -hmm. here you guys are used to me i just you know i feel <laughs> at home yeah so but but i i was not doing that and i was building up so much tension and then i started doing that and actually sometimes even even like driving in the car and yelling like just ah that feels good to like ah, that releases so, so much that what you're saying is the reason why i love mantra so much and chanting and oh like 
using, literally utilizing our voice to its fullest capacity. When do you do that? What like only if you, you like and singing? You and I yeah. don't really fight, so that there's no need to use that level of my voice. But it still needs to be fucking exercised. It still needs an outlet. Everybody's does, not just mine. And so when I would do mantras and like, like really extending and oh and la- like it's like taking up as much space that your voice can. Uh-huh. And making yourself exercising bigger using it. your voice. Yes. Exer- like expand, contract, expand, contract, loud, soft, quiet, like all of it. All the range. Well, that's what's yes. important too is like all the emotion. Because one of my favorite ways and that we all use our voices at their extreme is when we go to shows. Yeah. Hooting and hollering and woo, all the stuff. Like that exuberant, happy stuff, but then it also you got to get out those bad things, and you got to use those each different emotions for huh. those. Like Mel was just saying, those different ranges, different things. It hits different emotions, help it hits different parts of the body. Yeah. I wonder if that's a um, astrological thing with the two of you. Well, our air signs, whatever. I wonder if that has to because I'm not a self talker like that. No. I do not talk to myself. And no, you are much more like you've always been like in your head brooding, which you like said you kind of So see with think you're with, angry with when us, you're not sometimes. The the air yeah. escapes and with yours the air is trapped. I'm fire. Yeah. So it burns up. Yeah, so that's why but you <laughs> but you will have like an outburst or get upset or like it comes out physically, not yeah. necessarily like, you know, verbally like that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have a, a different a, way. A boiling point, and once I hit it, I blow up, and then as soon as I'm done blowing up, I'm okay. Yeah. I okay. I I you're forgive like, everybody. Now. You're like the tea kettle. Yeah. You like explode and then you're you're then that's it you take off the pot and then you stop whistling <laughs> why well, i think too because we, we, we've talked a lot about it's like true. our i think a lot too has to do with like 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 early programming like with your youth and growing up and stuff like you said your family and writers said it like you come from a family of people that don't vocalize as much especially if there's issues oh no if you, kind of issues, you put under, that in a box you yeah, lock or it up you put it under the lumpy ass rug right. that has so much shit under mm-hmm. it and and like I, and Mel does too, I come from a family of talkers. Yeah. Like always talking, you have to use your voice and you have to interrupt to get heard. Oh yeah. If you don't interrupt, as, you're not going to fucking get you guys your just point across. Each other. Yeah. Like, and, 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 it's and kind of like you make way, way for the loudest possible. interrupter. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and you have to, you do that. You have to talk or to get, to be involved and to flow with that yeah. kind of family. Well, I think and well, any any fucking problems were always discussed or pulled out of your side. It wasn't like, <laughs> what are you okay? No, no, oh, I'm fine. Nothing. It's like no, something's wrong. We need to talk. Like that forcing was, it out of you. That was a lot uh, more healthy than mine was. There was a lot of yelling, and so if you're like with my mom, like yelling, but I was told to be quiet too a lot. So that's another reason why I mumble underneath because. I couldn't say what I wanted loudly. So I would quietly mumble like 
fuck you too, man. <laughs> you know, I'm not, that, done, that, I'm not yeah. done talking. I don't fucking want to go anyway. Wow. I'm staying I said the only one that ever told me, me and this my sister especially, to be quiet was my grandma on my mom's side. She thought we talked too much and were encouraged to talk too much. <laughs> really? Uh-huh. Wow. She liked like quiet time and like like okay, let's be quiet. Let's see who can be quiet the longest. Talk. Go. Yeah. <laughs> that usually also involved like putting on Lawrence Welk or Hee Haw oh, or something. God. Don't hey, talk you know what, during man? my shows. Hee Haw would be cool to watch now. Hee Haw is the bluegrass that we've been listening to. Yeah. It'd be dope. That's true, yeah. What was it? Roy Clark? Yeah, Roy Clark. They, Killing it on that band. Yeah, they had the like the whole Bakersfield music scene from back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the country and everything all came out of like Bakersfield. They were all on that show. Little known fact about me, my brother's mom, who is not my mom, but my brother's mom, was Nurse, Nurse Goodbody, Goodbody on Hee Haw, <laughs> just so y'all know. So. I remember they would pop up in the cornfield with her big bosoms and, and her pigtail jokes. a pop-up video? I remember, like with yeah. the facts, was yes. it thing. Yes, they would have like the video Depeche Mode video, and they're like, "Fun fact: It was made in Berlin in oh, 1989." Yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. That'd be fun to do for no simple road yeah. like a video. It was cool when they did that too because they took all old videos that you see in a bunch of times and it made them fresh again. Like you learn awesome. more about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember that. Okay. Pop up videos, pop up videos, awesome, and that would be cool to do a no simple road like that. But I want to get back to this whole thing that we're talking about about upbringing and how it shapes you as an adult, right? Yeah. So, growing up in a family that just didn't talk about stuff, right? (laughs) Like when there was serious issues in our family, it was like a a contest to see who could act the most normal. Ew. <laughs> like it's not affecting you. Yeah. Like, wow. It, for real. I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, everything's fine. If we just act like everything's fine, this will go away. And like, I remember when Mel and I were very first married for the first fuck while. I had no clue how to have a discussion because of that. Oh God. Like I didn't just had no. And that doesn't that seem weird. Like I'm old enough to get married and like I have a kid, we have jobs, but I literally don't know how to have a conversation about something that is bothering Mel or me. It, that was such a hard time because I didn't fucking know what to do either. All I knew was how to yell. My mom, my example was you fight really bad and then you, you act like nothing happened. That was what I knew. Like you tear shit up, you break shit, you slam doors, you fucking whatever. And then you're like going to dinner two hours later or what? like what? <laughs> nothing happened. Like I never got to see the patch. Like, and maybe a lot of kids don't get to see their parents actually make up when it they're fighting. You know what I mean? Because the kids definitely feel the heat of a, a fight, yeah. you know, or the the attitude or the ignoring or whatever. But they don't necessarily always get to see part of the like making up. And so I you miss I, that middle part. And yeah, then you so, just see like everything's okay. Like what the hell? You happened? don't have the skills, and so like. 
when Aaron and I first got together, I was still on my badass. Like, I don't need a man for nothing. This was my my what I was taught. This was literally what my mom would say. You don't need a man for nothing. They're there for decoration. You fuck. <laughs> Damn. You need, you need to be smarter than than any man. You need to be uh you know quicker than any man and you need to be able to take care of yourself and you need to have a game plan, a, a, a an exit, you know, like she Jesus Christ, was just man. these are your kids, these are my kids, like she, everything was just like That's some anyway. Well, you know, but that's what I was raised so like when we would con we would fight or okay, if there was a problem and there was so many problems in our first year. We need to talk about it. You're not talking. And I'm like, well, fuck you then. I don't need you then. Like, get the fuck out of here. And you're like, I basically forced you to do it because you didn't want to leave. I and like you, my interactions were like, if you don't do that, I'm, I'm out of here. I remember like, I have a memory of sitting on the edge of our bed and you asking me how I felt how do you feel right now? And I couldn't answer you. I didn't have the vocabulary. Didn't understand to express how, how to thought. say, I feel like this right yeah. now. Like I literally, like it was disconnected inside my head and struggling. I mean, that makes sense. Like you don't know how to, and you were abusing drugs to shut off your ability to communicate and feel yeah and feel so how could you explain how to feel if you were barely feeling it for the first time and i had zero tolerance for that i was i had no tolerance for you to figure it out or wait around for you to tell me i was well, just like tell me now or what like, but you thought you'd had zero tolerance here we are right. 25 years later I, you had a right. lot of tolerance <laughs> i had a lot of tolerance and you had a lot of learning yeah <laughs> like i I find it fascinating if we just like plop ourselves outside of our relationship and me and Tiffany were talking about it just actually a few minutes ago about this is like, I didn't fucking know at 16, the skills to communicate with my husband about anything. You don't know that you fight about sex. You fight about um, food. You fight about money, money. You fight about the kids. Like, you fight and that's how you communicate. You don't like intelligently be like, you know what? I, I really need to tell Aaron about this before I get really upset. Or <laughs> like, you don't fucking know that. Rationalize it and <laughs> come up with a game plan. You're like fucking dragon breath firing down. Like you better fucking talk to me or I'm out of here. And you're like, ah, 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 wait, you, you're mad. That means you're leaving. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I just pulled the, I'm leaving card. I'm not tolerating it. Cause I was like, I didn't need the man. I was, you know what I mean? And it, it wasn't a good way to be at all, but that's what I knew. My, like, I kind of grew up from a, like family of men haters. If I look back at it, like they were not very, um, he woman man hater club. Yes. He woman, my, my mom was my dad and you know, it had nothing to do with gender roles. It had to do with, she acted more like my dad because she felt like that's how she needed to be with me. Wow. And so I got more of a dad from my mom than I got my mom from my mom. Wow. How do you think that like, so we're talking about communicating and how we, our own self talk and like, 
how do you think that psychedelics have either helped or hurt for both of you guys? Like as far as like you're talking to yourself or like even being aware of it or has for, it, has it exacerbated it and made it worse? I is have it- examples of both. Like I remember early on when we started psychedelics and like feeling the feelings of total freedom and all these things clicking and then calling somebody and they're not high and they have no fucking frame of reference for where you're I called so many people like no frame of reference for where I was coming from or anything that I was thinking it's literally out of the blue and what the fuck are you doing? What, where is this coming from? Where did I do to deserve this? What did you, what are you on? You know, kind of a thing. And so it's like, my timing isn't someone else's timing. That's like drunk texting. Somebody. Yeah. That's yeah. So that's definitely right. how psychedelics is hurt. Cause it's taken off that socially responsible Cape. And it's like, all bets are off. Like you're going to fucking listen to me. That fucked me up when I was little. You were a bitch, like whatever you needed to say, you know, and maybe those things need to be said, but not when, and that's a completely wow. uneven playing yeah, After field. you're off the drugs and you've thought about yeah. it and come up with a way to communicate it. No, you, that's it. the stuff when you're on, when you're on psychedelics or on your medicine, that's for yourself. And then yeah. when you've processed it, you can come correct at another time. See, man, that just goes to show how different everybody is. Like I've done a lot of psychedelics in my life. I have never called a family member and unloaded on them. You know, um, I think that, well, I don't think I'm, I'm pretty certain the reason I do psychedelics and the reason you do psychedelics are completely different. And I know that only because what especially this is very the beginning when we very first started like back in the day like in early 2000s like right i was about i wanted to unlock shit that was going in my head i i knew that there was so much going on and i wanted like i didn't care about having fun like that it was different i was like i wanted to learn i wanted to what is out there i, I it was the edge of something i'd never explored before uh-huh. and I, I, I love spiritual stuff. I love all that stuff. So I'm always that minded. And so I was always open to self correction, always open to self correction. And that's what my mentality always was for it. It's like, what am I going to get out of this? How can I, what coupon did I get from this? You know what I mean? <laughs> what, where can I redeem this in my life? Like, okay, this is like my, my cousin card. Wow. I fucking learned a lot about that. Like I do it till this day. Like even a, a trip that we had not too long ago at Laurel and Dave's house with my family. Like, Oh yeah. It was, I didn't plan on you it. You turned into a it, Bronx Puerto Rican girl that night. Yeah. Like, for real. It was it, it was I a trip. I turned into something for sure that night and like I'm not um, it, it, it helped manifest that. She was fucking speaking Spanish and yeah, shit. I heard you tell me all about it. it I I'm down for that. I'm down to heal generational shit even from a joint, let alone if I'm on acid or if I'm on E or whatever we're taking or just high on the night. 
even sometimes just like I'm down <sighs> to correct myself any way that I can. I always want to be better for myself. I, it might be like something from my childhood as well. I'm sure it is, but it, I, stands for a, I feel a like stands for it's also, um, helped me to achieve greater states of myself too but like i said a stands for alamar that's where that comes from oh yeah Yeah, it's like your mom instilled that in you that like you got to be the best you always got to be doing better that your parents instill are dope like i'm grateful to my mom that she always instilled that we didn't have to wear designer shit at the time i hated it and i felt poor and broke and it was embarrassing but then as I grew up, I was like, that shit, some shit is quality and you need to spend the extra money for sure. And other shit's bullshit. And nah. I'm not, I don't like it just because it says Ralph Lauren or fucking coach. Like, in fact, I don't like it because it says that. But that fabric is pretty sweet, though. <laughs> <laughs> and I like something that's you know? made to last. Yes, exactly. Like- so I, there's some things that were backward as hell that she instilled in me that I still ended up using for good. What about you, Apple? Do you think that it's helped or hurt you? What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. You, I, I would, I would say, I mean, generally right off the bat, is it's helped because I've been very fortunate in my life to never really have a bad trip. the The worst trip I've ever had was fucking. String Summit this year when I had health issues going on while being on acid and it, that that was the worst trip I've ever had and I had to pull myself out of that. You to look shell shocked. I, yeah. I, I was I that that was that was the worst trip I've ever had. But I turned it around and <clears throat> made it okay and patched myself up physically to yeah. get through it and everything. But. Before that, my whole life, like starting when we were younger, because me and Aaron, we we did this together. We started that journey kind of, I mean, we did little things before we met each other, but we went through a lot of our psychedelic journey together starting out. And one thing that psychedelics taught me early on uh, was, I mean, back then we didn't have DMT and so DMT really affirmed it as we got older and did stuff like that is that is to me because we don't know what happens after we leave this plane or whatever that's where i'm most comfortable and that's what happens after this is over so it has made me always very calm in knowing that everything's okay and the shit around here doesn't matter as much as most people think it does and it's also helped me to be very open with my talking to myself like helped like therapy of my because when I was younger, I got embarrassed several times and, and my sister would make fun of me and other family members like like I would like I was a weirdo for talking to myself or something. And my mom, bless her heart, she's all she's always like, that's fine. That's, you know, whatever you have to do to, to get those things out and stuff is yeah. fine. So I think psychedelics really helped me to be OK with that. 
And I really do. I really do it when we like coming down off psychedelics. That's why I'm, I'm that person. Even when I'm by myself, everybody goes to sleep. I usually cannot go to bed until I, I know the sun's coming up. And I use that as very productive time of talking and doing things and working things out. And kind of like Mel said, when she started doing psychedelics, I always used it for that. And, and there's all the different psychedelic acid always was very organizing to me. It's chaotic and everything when you're on it and everything, but it was like reorganizing the file cat. Like in my head, papers are sticking out of the drawers. The drawers aren't closed. Shit's messy. It's not alphabetized. Fucking take an acid, helps me clean all that up, tuck everything back in, reorganize it, know where it's at. Sometimes it brings up memories that you haven't, like you were talking earlier about everything we've ever done is stored up here in our head. And it helps me to bring back some memories sometimes. And the other thing I'm fortunate with is my upbringing. I, I, I didn't, there was never, I, I've never had enemies. I've never had foes. I've hardly ever met anybody in my life that I didn't end up getting along with, even if it didn't start that way. My biggest strife in my life is when I was younger was my dad was a fucking asshole when I was like eight to like early 20s. Basically, we didn't have a good relationship. We fought. He was a dick. He drank too much. He fucking knocked me and my sister around a little before they got divorced when I was young. But I've dealt with that completely with my dad growing up. And now he's like my best friend. He's not my dad. So I don't, you know, there's, I've never had a lot of trauma to deal with. So my focus with psychedelics has always been kind of like Mel to further my openness, my loving, my creative, you know, stuff like that. And to just stay grounded in all the good things I've been given in life and continue to be that person that spreads that to others. Because, I mean, that that's like that's what I do at work, not just my work now, but any job I've ever had, I've always been, it's funny, I've been called that at many places. When I worked at video stores and stuff, it's like you're like our, you're like our mascot. You're like the one that it's comes true. in and, and encourages everybody and makes everything all right. And psychedelics really helped with that over the years. Yeah. And, and up to now, especially when we do stuff now, being older, it's got, even if we don't go into it with, which we need to start doing again, we stepped away from that, doing our intention thing a little more before yeah. journey is together and stuff. But it, it's like good intention now and it refuels that being able to keep the bullshit. I mean, cause we are in a heavy fucking world yeah, with a lot of strife and everything. And it's easy. I see so many people that fall into that and get negative and focus. So many people focus on what they don't like instead of what they do like and taking like, especially like MDMA, that's like the love drug. I mean, that helps open those senses to be able to block it's like it's like re we always say like charging your batteries and stuff it's like it's like charging the batteries for that force field because walls keep everything out force field like keeps the good in and protects and stuff but you still allow you still allow the people that are cool through your force field yeah <laughs> if you built a wall you're fucked yeah. you're fucking just cut everything off i'm behind this wall fuck you so i, I mean psychedelics have to this day and continuing on will always be a part of my life and fucking help me to be a good person hmm. and to organize my duality and everything like that. 
<clears throat> and that's why I'm looking for like like we're we're sitting here recording this on Thursday. You're gonna be hearing this Monday. We're getting right. I'm so excited for tomorrow night going to see Polyrhythmics at the Big Dirty down in yeah. Eugene, and to just have a completely awesome good time. We're going to stay in a dope hotel this weekend. I'm looking very forward to this because again, the force it's been a lot coming. Yeah. There always is. There's always a lot coming at you and stuff. And I don't want to put up. I'm guilty of that too. There's times when I put up walls. And you guys, since we've lived oh, here yeah. several times, have pointed out like, dude, you've gotten like fucking stale. You're not communicating. And that happened several times through COVID because there was so much to deal with <sighs> in this world. So many going out in public all the time and dealing with the public, like in retail, it was fucking the toughest time in my entire life on this planet. I think for all of us, Damn. because we didn't know what to fucking do. And I started to put up walls to protect myself. And it yeah. was like, no, you're not supposed to put up walls. You're supposed to fucking help people because that helps yourself. Exactly. You put up walls and then all of a sudden it's just done for you and anybody around you. And that's not a good thing. No, no man. bueno. No bueno at all. <laughs> it, you know, it. Yeah. So like. You know, maybe just a little different question would be like. Well, I, I was going to say something. I, I wanted to talk about what you guys just said a little bit before we go on. Like, we don't ever talk. It's a, it's a trip to hear you guys talk about this because, well, first of all, because I live with you and I see you doing the talking to yourself thing. But being somebody that doesn't do that, like, and the reason I asked about psychedelics is because they've really helped me to figure out my um, communication with myself ah. for, for the longest time. And like Mel and I were just talking about a minute ago, like I, I couldn't even like verbally express a feeling because I didn't know how to connect that. And um, for a long time, my inner monologue was unconscious. Like, you guys are conscious of your talking to yourself when you're doing it. You know what I mean? Not always, but... Yeah, 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 yeah. Not but always. It's a thing. We know we do it, but we don't know exactly when it's happening. Right. And, and sometimes I don't even realize it until somebody walks in the room. And says, but the the psychedelics have given me like a, a the watcher and the watched kind okay. of thing. Like distance between the thoughts. Like I can zoom out on what's going on in my head now. And I couldn't do that before. Like I can watch it going down and, and also like <laughs> it's a trip to, to like be a person that's very vocal all the time. Yeah. Like I'm, I talk, that's what we do here. Like I'm a vocal person, but my, um, the way I maneuver in the world is not like that in my in my head ah. do you get what i mean by that like yeah I, I get what you mean yeah 
When I also get like what you're talking about too, like we've talked about this, like Mel, like Mel has said, and me, us knowing you so long, and this show has been incredible for you, and then it's also helped you not, 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 not socially awkward. You were socially like you were not absent. social sometimes. He was socially absent. Social events and stuff would shut you down. Yeah, I couldn't do it, and I think that has to do with that community, like of keeping it in your head and stuff. Everything would be going on all at once and it would be I remember you saying it was like overwhelming. It's, so it's like it's like I just had to I had to get out of there. I had to go like hide in the room or something to dude. get away from it for a bit. Yeah, and as a young dude like stumbling into psychedelics with no frame of reference, no mentors, no like nowadays it's like you can go to this collective and you can go sit in this circle and you can go talk to this yeah. integration coach. And like, there was none of that shit. It was like stumbling into this dark forest where there you good, good luck kiddo. And yeah. Well, and then go. we started to read some of the guidebooks, you know, yeah. and stuff, but that wasn't there when we started. No. And, and, like, and there wasn't groups and it was not and, at and, all acceptable. And so like getting, opened up as a young man completely opened up and not knowing what that was and having to figure that out. And like the simple fact of like being on any level empathic around other people and feeling feelings of other people around you and not knowing what that was. And like, everything at once do you know what i mean it was just like fucking too much but the beautiful thing about the medicine is that it yeah it that happened because of it but it also taught me how to see all that too and put it all in in its right place in my head yeah and like the organization yep yeah like the radiohead song you know what i mean <laughs> and it um it helped me connect back to the world and and the show did that too yeah. and um it's a it's a trip though to me like I, that's why i was so jazzed when we started talking about this tonight like I, this is fucking fascinating like how people work and how every single person that you see out on the street is having a life. Like every house that you pass has lives going on inside of it. Every business that you pass has lives going on inside of it. And we're all having this like really visceral, unique experience. That's our own a hundred percent. Yeah. And even when you live with other people, yeah, even when you've been married to somebody for 25, 25 years, friends with somebody for almost four years, we're finding new, and this the podcast has really brought that out on us. We learn, we learn stuff about each other almost every time we do this. Yep. Some other subject comes up, then we go down the road, and, you know, I, I flash back to the what, like, when, when uh, who was it? It was John that asked us about, you know, or what we thought of Aerosmith. That was something none of the three of us had ever, ever discussed with each other. That we yeah. shared our memories of Aerosmith. That was dope. Just a trivial thing like that and stuff. But then getting deeper like this about like 
why do you guys fucking talk to yourselves? Well, and, and also <laughs> why why so don't cool. you talk to yourself? Yeah, too. and why don't you? Yeah, why yeah. don't you talk to your? Yeah, it, it's That's why I always laugh with Bell. I love that or the, the Wonder Twin things. Like we mm-hmm. have so much in common. She, you know, it. It. She's my. You're my sister. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I. It was like the connection when we very first did it. And we were listening to Snoop Dogg, and like. Oh yeah. Yes. It was very early on, and part of that realization with you was like, oh, like you get it like I do. And it, we were so excited about finding that connection because Aaron was nowhere in that and nowhere wanted to be understand I, it or near it and was over it and just needed that was to- one of the most special. <laughs> we've talked about this, but not on air. That was one of the most special times in mine and Mel's relationship mm-hmm. because I was weird. I was still on meth when I was coming around and stuff when they got married. And then I was, I was clean at that point. I'd move back and we did it. We all did. Yeah. We took Molly. Yeah. Together. It was like one of the first times we did. And, and Aaron went together. to Aaron, Aaron like burned out early. And that was the first time me and you hung out together and experienced like a bonding. Yeah. Remember, we were laying on the ground and we were holding hands, just like staring at the ceiling and listening to Snoop Dogg and rapping and best. talking. And like we, I felt like that, like we became brother and sister. Yeah. We became brother and sister then. We like our bond, like officially started. Like it was boom. Yeah. We're, we I had to get out of the way. So you guys we're on the level. Friends. Yeah, yeah, and it and it yeah, was, maybe it was, that is what what needed to happen. I, knew what I was but, doing, I was planning the whole oh, thing. Oh yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> no. oh. Well, there's always there's a certain point at the end of the night where Aaron likes to start going to bed, and uh, frankly, I'm not ready most of the time. But then I'm exhausted. Like it's like the kid that wants to stay up and it's totally fine too, and then they're like two seconds later. Yep, Mel's like, I'm not ready. <laughs> yeah, and then when she stops, yeah, the Energizer Bunny, once she stops banging on yeah, the drum like, for a minute. It's not boom. like, oh, I need to like, oh, settle in and come. No, it's like, ah, I don't want to. What? Like I, I just remember that too, because that's when I first realized, because Aaron, Aaron, Aaron likes all music, like all of us, but Aaron was never like rapping to Snoop Dogg no, he, and stuff like that. he wasn't like listening that. to that growing up. He's like, I know of it, but I wasn't listening to it. Yeah, that was it. not my wheelhouse no. at all and i didn't it still have, isn't really i didn't have any friends that were into that so like there was nobody adjacent to me that would introduce me to it do you get what i mean yeah, you I weren't into to, it and i would have had nobody. to go search it out on my own and i didn't have any reason or frame of reference to go do that yeah that's well, true. Like same even when we hung out, I never listened to that stuff around you. That was same when I hung with out with me Nick with the dead. Like I didn't have anybody that introduced me to the dead ever oh. before you. Like I only knew about it because it was pop culture. I ne- didn't know about it because I had a cousin or a boyfriend or a friend or a teacher. Like nobody I knew in my life. Like, I mean, at the time, I don't know how many deadheads were in vegas or there the was Bronx. a few there was a few of us yeah but you know then my eight like just just lots of things i don't know i guess if you're not introduced to music how do you find it i yeah you'd have you'd have really? like you say you'd have like search it out on your own or yeah. you'd have to like come know what up to on look mtv for. back in the day and you'd be like oh that's cool yeah you know and 
And when you're younger, a lot of what you think is cool is based on what Your other friends, people yeah. think is cool. You know what I mean? Like, yes. well, the other thing with the other thing with that just made me think of the other thing with music too. Like, I'm really glad that early on I was introduced to live music because there's a different. Most people, a lot of people, don't see concerts. Haven't it's been true. to live music. I didn't see a lot of concerts growing up. Stuff. I saw some, but it wasn't like a thing I would do with my friends, or it was like a one-off like I was able to go to a concert that I wanted to go to but it wasn't like a part of my growing up culture so it was I knew about live music but it was always about recorded videos stuff like that yeah yeah it was it was very quickly about the live thing once I mean I got into the dead young I was 18 that's how I got into music well I was sprung at seven when i went with my dad to fleetwood mac and then from then on it was concert after concert going to my dad with, with my dad to things and then them making my sister take me to that's why i got to see all the shows at like 10 11 12 13 like rush moving pictures things when i was just you know i wasn't going to be able to go by myself yeah and bless bless my sister's heart she was forced to take me and they always made sure i had fun and that's my sister hated it, but all her friends thought it was awesome that the little brother got to go along and they'd buy me a shirt and merch. That's, and, oh, that's that where it is. started. There yeah. it is. Yeah, it is where it started. Wow. Yeah. We just found out how you became like, a like, merch like, like getting getting taken care of by my sister's wow. friends. And, and then that's my rad. sister came around as I and got a little cute. older and realized that I wasn't just a little nuisance, that I actually liked the loved music. going to the shows and, and especially going weed, with her too. and her friends. And you knew huh. where to get good weed. Yeah, yeah, I always knew where to get good weed. Yep. Not at 10. Mm. At 12. <laughs> sixth grade, I swear I got from sixth grade on, pretty much. I wow. Knew who to we get knew where the hookup good was. weed from. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm so glad I was a late bloomer to any of that stuff. I, I mean, I wasn't a late bloomer for everything, clearly, but for psychedelics and that stuff, like not doing it in my teenage years, I... I'm grateful to that because I, I was, I was scared, first of all, super curious, but I also didn't have the opportunity and I'm glad I didn't. I'm really, really glad I didn't have the opportunity because as much like, you know, we were living in the hood, living in the ghetto. I saw that shit. I, well, not maybe psychedelics, but drugs were being sold around me all the time, but I was never offered them and I never was so curious as to be like, what you got or to partake in that, no, go down that no. road. So I was just spared and I'm really grateful that I did. Cause I feel like I approach it with more reverence. Well, reverence, but like, I, I respect it. Yeah. yeah. And you had I, a chance to grow up. Yeah, I did. I get it before I had an opportunity to really feel what was important in my life was my, my my kid so i couldn't alter my function because she needed me uh, yeah that so makes sense it, well, it then taught I, me like to use it as a as a, an adult and that, that's one thing i admire about you mel is that you do have that like me and aaron kind of come from the same thing it started early on it started early on as a way to like replace love and family and different things kind of mm-hmm. 
like and it, and it became and, it, and to this day I'm 53 years old I'm a fucking drug addict to this day I I know it I I, I handle it, you know better and everything but the, it I'm a drug addict I work I work in dispensaries and everything like that but I mean that's the simple truth or of it or a medicine man and that yeah how or I a see medicine it. man yeah one I've learned yeah yeah but a lot of people a lot of people okay that the, the, that okay, would be the term of somebody yes. from the outside that doesn't do drugs like you're a drug addict and yeah. stuff. I am. I love drugs. Thank God at 53 years old. And first of all, I'm still alive. I'm still here. I have most of my faculties about me. Yeah. And, you know, I, like I said most. Yeah, well, yeah, right there's, there's, there's trade offs. We yeah. talked about this, you know, but it, it early. I'm just glad I, I figured it out and figured how to do the right things. And 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 to be able to say no, I mean, that started years and years ago of knowing when to say no. Yeah. Amen. And we learned that when we got here. Hey, shit. I feel like I, yeah, I, here a lot more. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta tell you too, man. Every single person that you see out there that's alive on the planet right now is a yeah. drug addict. That's true. Everybody has a drug. Yeah. Every, whether it's running, lifting weights, it can, like my mom sugar. always. My mom's a sugar. Yep, sugar. Mm, yeah, sugar's you, a big one. Uh, breathing. Uh, you well, name we, it. The thing is, is we. You know, humans can take things too far and not even that, like sometimes shit just fucking feels good and you like how you feel when you're doing it. Yeah. So you keep doing it. Like sometimes shit's just that simple. <laughs> I love that. I think really, I want to leave it like, there this week. Sometimes, sometimes it just feels good. So do it. Wow. Period. I literally don't have anything else to say hey, about man, that. If, and and I I'll, I'll put this caveat on there. If it's not deleting anything from your life, it's good you're good to go. Well, I mean, I'm not any I'm not sensationalizing any any form of um overconsumption cuz it's overconsumption's just not good for you for anything. I'm talking about you know what's up, you test your stuff, you're safe, you're not like reneging on your responsibilities. You're not um, stealing from people to do it. You're responsible. That's, that's what I'm talking about because that's important when you're under another influence, there's other fucking portals and other worlds and other gates that that can open up or do open up. And it's important that you tread lightly because yeah, there's good things and bad things. Yeah, both those. things exist. And so you can get a good trip and you can also not get one, you know? Well, to, to me, what I think is important, too, is to like two basic things that I, I learned. I just went through this with with my drinking and stuff is learning to do things. Growing up, I think we all, especially me and Aaron did that. There's points where people in my life were like, were like, you know, you're fucking up or anything. It's like. I'm not hurting anybody but myself. Well, when you have loved ones around you and you're hurting yourself, you're fucking directly fucking hurting them and fucking them up. It's a, it's being responsible. As long, I mean, if you're still taking care of your responsibilities, you're not hurting others and you're not hurting yourself is what's important in the world we live in of so many. There's a lot of options from sugar, coffee to, you know, what, whatever people have I mean, to get by, dude. People yeah. have to do what they need to get by it, it, blood pressure, medication, a hit of weed, meditation. Uh, yeah. Whatever we, we all look, 
water is good for you. You can drink too much water and die. Yes. It, it's it, it, everything. It everything has its place. And that's one of the things <laughs> that like getting older and being an elder or whatever that means is like, that's one of the things that I've learned through my travels that like everything is good. Yeah. Everything. And everything is getting, bad. Getting it's, older it, is it, a gift. Yeah. It's you, man. It's, it's you, your relationship to things, how you approach it, what your perspective is and what you want to get out of it and how you use it. And it, that's, that's where all the hard work starts and the, 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 where the gears can grind. Well, and that's also why you can't be judgmental to anybody when, you know, we're in the age of everybody's telling everybody what to do. Yeah. Like I, six ways to lose weight fast or five ways to meditate better or number top 10 ways to, you know, get Whatever. employed today, yeah. whatever, you know, like everybody's telling somebody what to do except for their damn selves. We let ourselves run amok. Oh, we do. We let ourselves run a fucking muck. And look to everybody else to tell us it's where to easy go. It's easy to yeah. tell others what to do. It's easy. And so, like, I don't even know what I'm saying. But I have, well, I have an example. I was talking to a I friend. I do know what I'm I saying. I was talking to a friend yeah, today. You do. And the friend is going through some um, challenges with their business and whatever. Yeah. And uh, I was like, look. <clears throat> This can be an opportunity for you to reframe everything yeah. and see it in a different light. And they were like, wow, you know, thanks for saying that. And you know what, man, if I was talking to a friend and they were telling me what you're, what I'm telling you, I would say the exact same thing to them, but fuck, that's hard mm-hmm. to but man, to look in the mirror and tell is, yourself that and yeah, like take to that re- advice, reframe everything. Cause yeah, you're feeling bad. Yeah. And like, <laughs> it's, it's easy to tell somebody what to do. It's hard to do the thing and to know what to do yourself without anybody having to tell you it's really hard. And that I think, Hmm. hmm. Maybe that's maturity. Maybe. You know what I mean? I that just dawned on me while I was we're sitting here. Maybe that's what maturity means is like taking care of yourself, knowing how to maneuver that shit and like not having somebody have to tell you to fucking you know what, dummy, it's probably a good idea that you floss every night. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) Or whatever bleeding gums, Murphy. The maturity is knowing when it's time to get serious with yourself. Yeah. Well, There it is. I don't know where all that came from this week, but we're just talking casually. Oh, I like that this one just like poured out. We started at the beginning. I have nothing to say. (laughs) Ten hours later, hour and two minutes in. Um, yeah. Well, thanks for being here, and you know we're getting some really good feedback. Um, already saying that people are enjoying the format. So thank you for those who have uh, mentioned to us that you like it, and. I just want to say, Aaron, I don't like to say this often, but I was right. I've been right about this. I've been saying this for months <laughs> that people like hearing us talk minus against a guest, sans guest. You I've were right. Telling you for a long time. And you're like, whatever. Humming How, what did I say? No. I like, like, like for, to me, this is an example of that right now. Like this, this, this focus was on us. This focus yeah. wasn't on 
Well, there's no and it wasn't the even, episode. And that, it wasn't even our week because yeah. we had a dope week. I got a banjo. I didn't even talk about that. I had a birthday party. Oh, we didn't shit. talk about that. Oh. We didn't talk about any of that stuff. So, And I'm fine with it. I'm just saying like people like being a part of maybe something. Somebody was thinking about this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe one of our listeners was thinking about this exact topic. Maybe. Well, I like I like that. You kind of just summed up our week because our weeks were kind of all the same, and that the highlight was Mel, your birthday party, yeah, yeah, and Mel getting that banjo. Have you named it yet? Tour and watch out. Have you named? <laughs> I named it for her. it's no. Banjolina Jolie. No. Oh my! God. <laughs> it's not. I was say Mel's not, not going to go with that. Uh, no. That's fun. That's kind of cute it's though. Cute, right? But yeah. I mean. I haven't officially named. I I may have one or two floating around, but Come on, sure. I no, just, no, no, don't. I, don't I, I'm not like gonna, that. Yeah, I don't like not that. Throw out it's cheap. Help and me. I'm like, help well, name no, a banjo. No, no, I'm she's gonna come that. up with it when we're, it comes. We're feeling each other out. Yeah. So okay. my answer was the answer was no. The, the banjo, question banjo, I asked. But my will. banjo likes that song, Big Booty Hoes. Yeah. All right. That's the appropriate statement to end on. Big Booty Hoes. Follow us Everybody. on all the social media. Why do I always do that? Follow us on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and at No Simple Road. At No Simple Road and go to Apple Pods um, podcast and hit the five star. Give us a review. 971-808-1524. Tell us a fun, cool story, tree, recipe, a secret, spooky something fun. Story. And enjoy your spooky October. It's October. It's fun. Caramel apple cider, pumpkin spice latte, all kinds of fall decorations, sweaters, boots. Love it. Yeah, man. Best this fall is dope. And I, I just want to one last thing out there. I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope if you're a person out there that uh, talks to yourself and like has issues with that, because like I said, I have in the past that it's cool. Yeah. It's okay. It's cool. It it, it to me and to Mel. It I mean, is to their partners there, and they're it's the way you work things out. So yeah, it's the way I work stuff out. It, it and like Dar- Darwin knows. Darwin knows when we're getting ready to wrap up. He just started ooching around. His tail started wagging. He knows what's He's going like, on. He, was, he knows. I English. want Apple to give me a treat, and I want to go to bed. Mom I want and Dad. a treat too. All right, let's go get a treat. You guys, listen. It's Monday, and it's okay. We're here with you. We're here for it with you. And we're going to go through this week together. We're going to meet you Friday. We're going to have another wonderful day together. And then we'll do another Monday. And we'll just keep doing this thing Mm -hmm. every week. And it's dope. And we love you guys. So take care of each other. Smile at strangers. Safety third. Remember to hydrate. Get yourself a new sweater. And most importantly, take care of yourself. No simple road merch. And talk to yourself. It's cool. Yes. We love you. Bye.
dwellers in fear. We've traveled this road before, so we may think. But it's a tad bit of strange similarities that feed an A equal A complex. The fears of your past do not equal the perplexities of the current road. I want to tell you about the April-May 2023 issue of Relics Magazine. It features a Dave Matthews Band cover story with additional articles and interviews with The National, Graham Nash, Wayne Shorter, ALO, Ivan Neville, our friend Eric Krasno and Stanton Moore, Marty Stewart, and much more. Check out the latest version of Relics and subscribe now at relics.com slash DMB. Thanks, Relics. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the One Hit Thunder or nothing more than a One Hit Blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh, and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods.